Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. I'm on a plane with my new husband. I'm 23 years old. Well, this is 20 years ago. And my husband and I just, we just graduated from college. And we got married. And, and we don't have jobs. And, and we don't have a place to live. And, and we don't even have a car. So we think, this is great. When will we ever have such a great opportunity? And we decide to take a two-month honeymoon. (laughs) So we're on a plane in Papua New Guinea. We're going to be spending a month in Australia. Jim has some distant relatives there that we hope to be able to stay with. And and then we'll be staying in youth hostels and traveling on Greyhound bus. But we're on a shoestring budget (laughs) because we want to be gone as long as we can. We're going to travel as much as possible. And, but right now we're in Papua New Guinea. We're going to be there for a month. My sister is teaching at a teacher's college in Papua New Guinea in Port Moresby. So we're staying with her on her couch, which is just a piece of plywood with a <laughs> foam mattress on it <laughs> for a month. <laughs> Generous. <laughs> She's a teacher at this teacher's college. But she also has some responsibilities with this little rug co-op um, up in this tiny mountain village. They, 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 they produce these rugs, and it's everything from raising the sheep and, and doing all the shearing and, and weaving the rugs, and, and they're beautiful rugs. They're monochromatic because they don't use any dyes. The rugs are just in patterns with the different, you know, the blondes and the browns and the grays. Anyway, so she's, she needs to go visit this village, and we go with her. So we're in this plane, and, and it's a tiny baby plane. <laughs> it's a five-seater bush plane, and it's myself, my husband Jim, my sister Jordy, a friend of hers, Richard, and the pilot. <laughs> so we are the plane, and we're going to land soon, and we see out the window this waterfall. And we just catch a glimpse, really. And it's one of those really long ones, really tall. And, and it just looks beautiful. It looks so inviting because, wow, Papua New Guinea is it's very warm. <laughs> it's kind of on the equator or close to it. And, and it's humid, and we've just been sweating. <laughs> so that just sounds wonderful. We want to go to this waterfall. And, and someone said, we should go visit that waterfall tomorrow. And, well, decision made. That was the plan. We're going to go visit the waterfall. But meanwhile, we have to land the plane. (laughs) Well, there is no airport. (laughs) There's a field. And we're going to land on this field. And it's grassy. And it's all hills. And and I'm a little worried that we're not going to be able to stop the plane before we are headed down into the ravine (laughs) for the next hill. And there's a whole line of people in the field. and we're coming down, and there's dogs running back and forth. And I'm thinking, oh, someone should take care of their dogs. Well, we make it. We land. They're expecting my sister. She's been there before. And it, it seems like the whole village is out to meet us. And, and we're received like celebrities. And they parade us back into the town and to the place where we're going to be staying. 
So it's starting to get dark. My sister's friend Richard, well, he speaks pigeon. I don't. Jim doesn't. I think at this point I maybe knew how to say, uh, I, I knew name belong me, Mari, which means my name is Mari. <laughs> pigeon is this really interesting mix of, I think, English and German and its own special little grammar. Uh, so it's a fun language. Richard speaks it, and he goes off to arrange a guide for us to take us to the waterfall the next morning. So, the next morning, we get up. Well, Jordy can't come because she has some work. She has, to, she has responsibility. So it's just the three of us. We pack a little lunch, and, and then we meet the guide in town, and off we go. Hiking to this waterfall. Well, it's early, but it's already hot. I think the guys are wearing, you know, khaki shorts, and I am wearing a long dress because that's what women do in Papua New Guinea. I think the first place my sister took me when we, when we got there was to a secondhand store, and I bought all these long dresses I had to wear. So I'm already hot and kind of uncomfortable, but, but we're, we're hiking along, and, and Richard is translating for us, for the guide, and uh, pretty soon we come to this little man sitting in this field, and he seems, he seems very tiny. He seems ancient. <laughs> he, he looks so ancient to my 23-year-old eyes. He's very weathered and skinny. He's probably 40. <laughs> Thinking back, I don't know. But he, but he seems like this very old man, and he's, he's dressed, well, he's got a loincloth on, and he's, he's got a bone through his nose. He's got this headdress that has these the backs of iridescent beetles sewn into it all the way across. Oh, wow. And he's barefoot, and he's got this cape type of thing that, that is made out of bark that's been pounded, so it's sort of the consistency of leather. And, I mean, he's just cool. So we wanted to take his picture. <laughs> he said something to the guide, which, and he didn't speak pigeon. He, he spoke whatever that local language that it, this little tiny village. And the guide translated that to Richard, and then he translated that to us. He was wondering where we were going, and we're going to the waterfall, and can we take your picture? So Richard translated that to the guide, and the guide translated it to the little man, and the man said something, and, and the guide had some kind of response. He laughed, and he, and he said something to Richard, and Richard laughed, and, and Jim and I are waiting to know what he said. It's like the last ones to know the joke. <laughs> and, and the man said, no. <laughs> Not unless I can come with you on your hike. <laughs> so we took his picture. <laughs> and, and that was really fun. And then we all went off together, kept going on this hike. So it's mountainous, right? So it's very grassy. And it's mostly these long yellow grasses. And sometimes we're, sometimes we're on these little trails. Sometimes we're kind of on a, a little wider dirt road. And sometimes we're just walking through fields. Every once in a while, we come to a, uh, a fence. Uh, and, and it's this uh, wire fence with some um, slats of wood. And, but you, uh, you have steps you go up to go over it. And there's not very many fences. It's mostly if you come across a little house, one of these straw hut things. We even went inside one. Um, well, we're walking along, and the, and the um, well, the little man is sort of leading us now, and 
he is, he, we can't keep up with him. <laughs> he, he sort of takes off, and we're, we're these young, strong, and we can't keep up with him. And he disappears over the side of the hill, and we finally get to the, where the ravine, and we see that he's crossed down and over, and he's waiting for us on the other side of this hill. And, and he's curled up in his cloak thing, his cape, and his feet are sticking out. He's taking a nap, <laughs> waiting for us. <sighs> so we... So we hike down the ravine, and we, get, we finally catch up with him. And then he hops up, and he's ready to go. <laughs> and we start following him again. At this point, we're walking on a dirt road, and there's, it's, it's like we're walking around the side of a hill. There's, the hill goes down, and then there's, it's really tall grasses to our left end. And the man is not very far in front of us yet. <laughs> and he turns and looks at the grass. And then he pulls something out of somewhere, and it's a lighter. And he turns, and he lights the hillside on fire <laughs> and then he just turns and walks away and <laughs> I'm a little appalled <laughs> and I'm coming up to the grass and <laughs> nobody else seems to be too worried <laughs> but and it flares up and it's you can smell the smoke and then almost immediately it, it just tamps down and disappears and and is fine and Richard then explained that this is this very common thing they do in Papua New Guinea called slash and burn. And it's actually, they've been doing it for hundreds of years, and it keeps down the grasses so that they don't have this huge wildfire that burns down the whole country, which is what I thought we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> so we continue on our way, and we're walking for hours. I don't know where this waterfall is. <laughs> we, we come to a little house. And the talk to um, the translate through the line and translate through the line. And when we're leaving this house, we, we then have three little boys join us. <laughs> and they're wearing little shorts and they're bare feet. And they're, they're probably around between five and nine years old. The oldest is carrying a machete. And they came along with us, too, on our hike. <laughs> and we were hiking for hours trying to keep up with the little man. And I'm getting exhausted, and I've got a blister on my heel. And when are we ever? We finally decide to stop and have our lunch, our lunch that we were going to have at the waterfall. So we sit down, and we get out the, the lunch, which is, it wasn't really a big lunch. We didn't think we'd be out all day. It's just we had some crackers, and we had some tin fish, which is kind of like, it's a tin of, it's kind of like tuna but it has all of the fish in it, you know, the bones, and you just crunch it. And so we eat our, our little lunch. Richard passes it around, and we eat. And then he takes the tin, the tin can, which is, you know, we've eaten all the food because we were starving, and he gives it to the little boys, and all that's left is the oil. The, it's just garbage. And, and so then I'm feeling guilty, thinking, well... <laughs> Were we supposed to be feeding everybody? <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought. I guess I was just too hungry. And the little boys, just, they just drink up the oil. <laughs> and Richard explains that this is, is it's an amazing meal for them, and it's everything they need, and they need all the fat and, and everything in the oil. So, okay. I, it's time to go. It's time to, to go again. We're going to hopefully get to this waterfall soon. And I am tired. I'm tired and my heel hurts. It's, it's hot now. It's so hot and I'm sweating and I don't want to go. I'm, I'm sick of it. I've, I'm giving up. I quit. I decide to quit. So Jim and the guide and the little man and Richard, they decide to keep going to the waterfall. 
And the guide explains that we're going to make this loop, and if I go across this field and wait for them there, then they will catch me on the way back. So off they go. And I'm mad. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at my shoes. Ugh. I'm mad at my shoes, and I'm jealous of all these, these native people with their tough feet and my stupid, pathetic, soft feet. And, and I'm mad at my skirt. And I'm... <laughs> And I'm mad at myself for giving up. And I walk with the little boys. The little boys come with me. And we walk, kind of limp, <laughs> to the meeting place on the other side of this field. And I sit down and I take off my shoes. And my heel is like raw. <laughs> the blister has, it's, it's a mess, it's terrible. And I'm kind of grumpy. <laughs> and, the, and the little boys, well, now we have no words. We have no language. We've lost our translators. And they're all smiles. Big white teeth in their dark faces. And, and giggles. And I can't help but laugh. And so we start playing these finger games, you know, with, like, this one. <laughs> and then and I show them this one. And they're supposed to wiggle the finger that I point to. And it's really hard. And it's really fun. <laughs> and then two of them get up. And they run down this to, this to the bottom of this ravine. Which there must be like a little stream down there. Because there's some bushes. And there's one tree. <laughs> it's not even a very big tree. It's one of those t trees that have oh, these big green leaves at the top. And they're down there, and we're watching the other two. There's one left with me. We're watching, and they, they cut down the tree with a machete. It's like the only tree that I can see. So I'm a little appalled. They come running back up, and they hand it to me to use as an umbrella for shade. Now I feel really guilty. <laughs> and I am so I never made it to the waterfall. And there's going to be a lot of times in my life when I give up and I don't reach my goal. But this was one of those times, it was one of those days where the destination was not it just, it didn't matter, and it was all about the journey.